the late great civil rights activist Mega Evers once said, I was born in Decatur, was raised there, but I never in my life was permitted to vote there. Welcome to this edition of Pause with Tim Black. I'm your man, Tim Black. Thank you for tuning into this great podcast. It's a black, black, bigger than black podcast, and it's doing well because of you. Welcome back. Thank you. Please subscribe to this podcast. It means a whole lot to us. In this edition of the podcast, we're going to talk about the Ahmaud Arbery case. We're going to unpack this case so people know what's going on with the case, so you can get caught up to speed on the case, because it's important. Don't forget to find us on social media. We're out there, Johnson. Real Tim Black, TBTV. Let's get into it. Cut the check. Ahmaud Arbery's trial has started, Now I shouldn't even say it that way. But we don't care about these rednecks that killed Ahmaud Arbery, other than they need to go to jail. So let's reframe it. Let's call it, the murderers of Ahmaud Arbery are now at trial. We wanna, I want to give you some up-to-date information on this. I want you to get prepared, though, because you're going to get triggered. But you need to know what's going on, because I don't want my people... These are the people that I got. You're my, you my audience, okay? I don't want you to be blindsided by, the, by what's happening in this legal process. And if you listen to people like Don Lemon and corporate media who want to just string you along with bullshit and don't want to call it straight, you'll be blindsided. That's not going to happen to my viewers. We black and black and black. We black and black on this show. So from a black man's perspective, who ain't kissing nobody's ass or no party's ass. Here's what we got. We got the McMichaels. The old one, the young one, or the younger one, and this dumb, fake Hawaiian shirt-wearing guy, sidekick, okay? They're charged with a series of crimes. The McMichaels, Travis and Michael, Travis and Gregory, and then we got Brian, William Brian, Okay? The charges are felony murder, aggravated assault, false imprisonment. Those are your charges. This all stems from the altercation where they track, they track down Ahmaud Arbery for a, a, a number of time, a, a period of time. They chased this man. They circled around and they tried to block him in. He's trying to run away. They block him in. They tussle with him. He's trying to get away with them. There's video footage of him trying to flee. They shoot him dead in the middle of the street. That's on trial now. 65-year-old Gregory McMichael, 35-year-old Travis McMichael, 52-year-old William Bryan. One of the glaring things about this trial already the jury selection. Now, in this this South, what is it, South Georgia area? In this South, in this, in this area of Georgia, South Georgia, there's a problem. A racial problem. It's known. In fact, this area is known to be highly racist. If you live in the area, you notice. Know if you're black and you live around there, everyone knows the area. We well, really don't want to mess around. 
Okay, this is one of those areas where black people catch hell. It's over-policed, okay? In Maryland, we have places like this. Greenbelt is one of those places in Maryland. Northern Prince George's County. Greenbelt, Maryland, one of those places. Laurel, Maryland, one of those places, okay? Where cops pull you over constantly. That's what they do for, the, for almost anything. And sometimes for no thing. What we have, what we, what the sticking point to this right now is the jury selection, okay? So the area is about 20% black, a little bit over 20% black, but for some reason, only one juror is black on this jury. So the lawyers, for the, Mc, the McMichael lawyers and the Bryan lawyers spent their time making sure to get rid of all the black, all the black potential jurors. They were only left with one. Now, I don't know where you come from, but 20% is more than one when you got 12 people. Okay? We're looking at at least two to three jurors should have been black to begin with. But we got one lone black juror sitting on the jury. That right, that, that right there itself is caused to all types of red flags. Red flags should be everywhere, just, made on the, just based on the composition of the jury selection. Even the judge brought it up. See, because the prosecutor and the defense, they get an opportunity to throw some jurors away. That's the process. The prosecutor, well, the, the defense gets more options. Some people they can get rid of without even providing a reason. They could just say, hey, flag on the plate and get rid of a juror. Others, they have to be able to say what the reason is. Even the judge said, this looks bad. You're getting rid of all the black jurors. What's the reason of you dismissing this black juror and that black juror and that black juror? And they had reasons. Now, those reasons, you could argue, are those good reasons or bad reasons? But whatever, whatever the case, the judge decided that those reasons seemed fair enough that it was not discrimination. So, I don't feel good about it, folks. It's not a good feeling um, as far as the case when the judge brings out an issue, but then later kind of like fades from the issue. Like the judge said, hey, this doesn't look good. Why are you getting rid of black jurors? The judge didn't have to say that. It's like you're going on the record to say this may be some impropriety in the case, but then you don't correct it. To me, that doesn't make much sense. If you notice an impropriety, correct the impropriety. This sounds like, this smells like BS. Why bring it up if you're not going to make them modify? The judge had the ability to make them recast, recast or even start the jury selection process all over again. That's what, the, that's what the judge could do. The judge chose not to do that. So that's one strike against this case to begin with. The other strike against this case is... The defense is trying to use this, is trying to argue that there is a citizen's arrest law they want to use. Citizen's arrest, where these good old boys weren't trying to lynch Ahmaud Arbery. It just looks that way. No, what they were trying to do was arrest the citizen for, I don't know what, make up a thing. Yeah, like in their minds, they see a black kid jogging. 
And, well, he has to be doing something. It has to be something illegal that he did, even though he's carrying nothing. There was no shots fired. No one reported an assault. Uh, he's just jogging through. And they see him jogging through at a pace faster than their fat, ass, fat asses could go. They say, oh, my God, he's running. Now he, see, black kids, a black man can't jog. If a black man is doing anything above, I don't know, one mile per hour, he's threatening. Whether he's walking, jogging, or running, if he's doing it quicker, then it makes the white guys comfortable. That could be considered, we need to, we need to stop him. Folks, we see it all the time. How many videos have you seen the Karens or Kins stopping black people from doing whatever they're doing, just delivering packages? Just walking down the street. Oh, excuse me, what are you doing here? What are you, what are you doing here? I'm going to ask you a question. Like, that's a white thing. That's what they do. They stop black people for any reason. So this law, which is an antiquated BS law, the citizen's arrest law, which was when this case happened with Ahmaud Arbery, when this incident occurred, when the killing occurred, they tried to repeal this law. They said, oh, shit, they're going to try to use this. They're going to try to use this BS law that was created during slave times. It was created during slave times for white people to lynch black people. I'm not, look, I'm not joking with you. Ira P. Robbins, a law professor at American University, wrote an academic paper on this issue. Here goes a quote from the paper. You look at the Georgia law, for example. This is a law that was used for white people to help catch escaping slaves. There is a close connection between citizens' arrest laws in the South and lynchings. There's a connection between citizens' arrest laws in the South and lynching. And that's what they want to use during this trial. So for all my kids and currents out there who may be watching this, we see you. We know what you're trying to do. Folks, this is going to be a bad situation. If this, if this, if this is not struck down, a bad situation. Mark my words, I, I think that this shows not only the racial impact of this, of this trial, but what we're sitting on, folks, is yet another George Zimmerman. We're sitting on yet another Trayvon Martin trial. I feel it in my bones that that's where we are, that this case is going to have deep-reaching ramifications. People, people all over the country, or maybe, maybe they're not tuned in yet. Maybe it's just started. People's kind of, you know, there's so much going on with the pandemic. The George Floyd case, the Breonna Taylor case took a lot of a lot of attention away. But I'm telling you, this is a mod Aubrey case. It's so disgusting. It's so obvious. And if black people gotta jump through hoops to get justice on this case, I mean Ahmad Arbery, he was jogging. He had nothing in his hands. He had no weapon. The citizens' arrest law gives, once again, it gives them a permission slip 
to assault us, to stop us, to pretend to be cops. And that's what's been useful. It was, a, it was created in 1862. And it only works. It will only work. Now, this, now tell, me, tell me if it makes sense. It would only apply or could only apply if the jury considers or feels that the men, the McMichaels and Bryan, felt that Ahmaud Arbery was committing a felony. Get what I'm saying? It says the jury will have to consider if the, men, if the men reasonably suspected that Ahmaud Arbery was committing a felony when they pursued him. When they you know, attempted to, to conduct a citizen's arrest. Here's the thing, guys. Most of us watching, including myself, bullshit. Bullshit. How are you going to say he committed a felony when there is no felony? Like, how can you say somebody committed a felony unless you witnessed the felony? What's the felony? In your mind? No. You can't say somebody committed a felony when there's no crime. You can't, can't say someone committed a felony when you have no evidence of anything being committed. You can't say someone committed a felony because you got a strange feeling. And basically what I'm saying is you, can't somebody, you cannot suggest someone committed a felony. It's because you are a racist piece of garbage. I'm not the only one that feels this way about this citizen's arrest law. Critics argue that they enable people to act out pre-existing biases and help foment environments where extrajudicial extrajudicial killings occur. Meaning, lynchings, lynch mobs form. If we weren't trying to lynch him, we just wanted to talk to him. Yeah, we just wanted to have a word with him, that's all. Then he got a little combative and we had to put him down. So, I'm not feeling good about this case. There's a number of reasons why. The jury selection is shit, okay? No black people on the jury. Well, I know we live in a color, we live in a colorless, a colorblind, post-racial society, right? If it's so post-racial, why won't there more black people on the jury? Just saying. If it's such a post-racial society, because that's what I keep having to hear from my good friends who say it's all Tim Black's fault. Yeah, Tim Black's Facebook posts are what are, is what's dividing America. Okay. If that's the case, Kim, answer this, man. Why did the juror, why did, you, why did you, the uh, attorneys, the defense attorneys, why did they go to such far extremes to give it all the black people they could get rid of? I mean, why they give it all the blacks if it's a colorless, a colorblind society? So we got that, and then we have this bullshit-ass citizens arrest law that someone's pulling out their butt cheeks to try to use to give an excuses of why these bigots, and they are bigots. You think Ahmaud Arbery would have been a white guy 
jog and they would have thought anything about it. No. It said, wow, hey, man, how you doing? Hey, buddy, how's it going? Man, I need to jog too, man. Jog another lap for me. That's what they would have done. They saw a black kid jogging and they thought, hey, he must be up to something. He's running pretty fast. What did he do? Nobody's screaming. They'd be different if you heard five gunshots go off. You know, someone scream, help, help. He's got on blue shorts and his shirt or whatever. Now, then you got a reason. Then you got a reason. But there was no gunshots. There was no one screaming, hey, it's a guy just shot me five times. He's wearing some sweatpants and whatever and describe what Ahmad had on. He's running your way. Get him. No, that didn't happen. What happened was a guy just jogged by and you said, anything that's gone wrong in this neighborhood had to be the guy because he's a black guy. And he had to do something or he wouldn't be running through. There is no, nothing. Nothing. So those are two things. Now, I really have three things, but let me make this 2.2. I won't say this is a third thing. This is like a 2.5 thing, okay? This is a this is a half reason, okay? This guy, Greg McMichael, part of the defense, part of their so so it's three different defense attorneys, right? The young the young McMichael has a has a defense attorney. That's the one that actually shot Ahmad Arbery with the shotgun. The dad who grabbed his 357, he didn't shoot, but he was there, of course. And then uh, Brian, 52, he's there. All three of them have like different elements of the case or different types of ways they're trying to wiggle out of this. One thing they're trying to make it seem like these guys are trained professionals. Yeah, so they're not just citizens arresting. Since Greg McMichael... It has worked in law enforcement for decades, including a long stint as an investigator for the district attorney's office. This is also why this case was almost, well, it was kept under the rug. Like, people forget that they lied about what happened to Ahmaud Arbery. Yeah, they lied to the mother and the father, Ahmaud's parents, for quite some time and said Ahmaud Arbery, they don't know what happened to him. He got into a fight with somebody and somebody threw him on the side of the road. Like they made up a fake ass story about Ahmaud Arbery. It wasn't until later, and when they had to and when they had to finally give up this information, this actual footage, that they had to come clean about what happened. They were sweeping this under the rug, Johnson, because this guy, Greg McMichael, has connections. He was an investigator for the district attorney's office in Brunswick. So Travis McMichael is a former member of the Coast Guard. So <clears throat> how can I say this? Part of what they're trying to do is they fabricate the civil arrest, the civil uh, arrest, citizens arrest. That's it. They're trying to paint the pictures like these, these are good guys. These, are, these guys know what they were doing. These are law enforcement, ex-law enforcement. This guy has also worked in some capacity protecting people. So... They're not, they may look like a bunch of rednecks, but they're really good law enforcement people. You know, just trying to keep their communities safe. Ah, see what I'm saying? 
Now you get what I'm saying about the Trayvon Martin thing? Get what I'm saying? I, it has me concerned, folks, because it's uh, it's just rem- it's reminiscent. And I know it's a different situation. First of all, we do not have footage in the Trayvon Martin case, in the Trayvon Martin murder trial. George Zimmerman was able to lie, well, tell his side of the story without who could really contradict it. Like, he, he laid it out. Other than what the evidence on the body showed us, there wasn't much. No one else was there witnessing it. Someone said they heard shots. But little that was little of all the evidence that was there. This is different. We got a full-length film. William Bryan, also charged, he filmed the whole thing. So, yeah. But let's move on because there's a little bit more. Another problem I got with the Ahmaud Arbery case, and, and this, this to me is the biggest part, most dangerous part, is these damn stand-your-ground laws. Now, I'm not saying they're using stand-your-ground now, but what I'm saying is stand-your-ground, the spirit of stand-your-ground is what they're kind of trying to insinuate during their opening arguments. As if, Hey, we were self-defense. We were just defending ourselves. That's literally what they're saying. They're saying we were defending ourselves. We were investigating, and then we were defending ourselves. And then Ahmad ran at us. We didn't. We trying to. We, we were just trying to talk to him. He was running at us. Totally omitting that they chased this young man. He was already running. You got in front of him. He tried to go around you. You got back in front of him to block him in. He's still running. He didn't want to run through people's yards. He's running in the road away from you. But that doesn't matter because the defense is that diabolical. They're still trying to put forth this narrative that Ahmad Arbery is the aggressor. Yes, Ahmad Arbery, but no gun. No weapon at all. Not even a pocket knife. Two white guys. Two vehicles, one in a pickup truck with a 357, the other guy with a shotgun out in the middle of the road. Another guy in another pickup truck behind him, helping them block him in. And they're saying they were the ones who were under attack. It worked for Zimmerman, didn't it? Zimmerman pursued a kid at night with a gun. Zimmerman, the only one with any weapon was Zimmerman. Kid had broken no crimes, committed no crimes, did anything to Zimmerman. Going home. And how much of America agreed with Zimmerman? How dare this young man go home without being accosted by this grown-ass man with a gun? I'm telling you guys, it reminds me a lot of Zimmerman 2012 because there are a number of people, number of people in America, a number of white people in America, who when they see black people, they automatically think criminal. And when other white men see it, see, here's the thing, guys. When other white men see other white men think black people are criminals, they don't fault them. 
We think it's unreasonable because we know we're human beings. It's unreasonable to us, but to them, it's reasonable. And to white women, a lot of white women feel the same way. It's reasonable to them that a person jogging down the street, if they are black, is a threat. Just like a blackhead walking home from the store at night, picking up some Skittles and some, some candy or whatever, going back home to his house. No weapons. Didn't steal from the store. Well, even if he did, it had nothing to do with Zimmerman. But what I'm saying is, there was nothing Zimmerman had other than, he looked suspicious. Why did he look suspicious? He was wearing clothes. He wore a hoodie, remember? Ahmad looked suspicious and he wasn't wearing a hoodie. He just looked suspicious because he's running. We always look suspicious. And what happened? Zimmerman got off. Now do you see why I'm concerned? Why am I upset? Why am I a little worried? Why am I going to be watching this so closely? Why do I say this is a powder keg? Why do I say this could erupt? Because I don't think black people are going to sit back for it this time. Yeah, we kind of sat back for Trayvon Martin. Don't get me wrong. People protested. They got upset. But I see things going to another level with this. I mean, Ahmaud Arbery... 10 years later, almost 10 years later, Zimmerman 2012. Yeah, by the time this goes, yeah. I'm thinking 10 years later. Here we are. We've gone no further in 10 years that non-police officer, like Zimmerman was a non-police officer. Now, we know it's hard to get convictions out of cops. Is it just as hard to get convictions out of people that want to be cops? People that used to be cops? Maybe so when they're white. All these laws, like citizens arrest laws, stand your ground laws, they apply differently when the person, the victim is black and when the victim is white. Stand your ground laws embolden individuals. They, es they cause escalations and conflicts that lead to murder. States have deemed justified killings of victims who were facing away, retreating, even lying on the ground when they were shot. Get what I'm saying? In stand your ground states, even when the person is retreating, running away. We're not talking, we, we know, we, we see cops shoot people in the back. We see that. We're talking about citizens doing it. States have deemed justified killings of victims who were facing away, retreating, or even lying on the ground when they were shot. These laws allow individuals to provoke a fight and then kill the person they provoked. There it is. Doesn't it look that way? Doesn't it look like they provoked Ahmad? 
They provoked Ahmad into a fight. They wouldn't let him leave. Hence the false imprisonment charge. He's trying to go about his business. You have no authority to stop him from going home. Stopping him from going home is what? Provoking an interaction. Provoking a situation, an escalation. Just by you not letting him go. Impeding his progress. Not getting from in front of him. Following him. Chasing him and impeding his progress. Um... There was a case in Florida. Now, I know we're in Georgia, but Florida, same type of animal, okay? A Texas senior ground law took effect. A 61-year-old white man called law enforcement to report a burglary in, the, in his neighbor's house. But what he said were two black men. Despite being instructed by law enforcement to stay in his home and wait until they arrived, the man approached the suspects proceeded to shoot them in the back as they fled. He killed both of the men. White guy kills two black guys because they were doing something at a neighbor's house. If it wasn't for stand your ground laws, he'd have been convicted of murder because of stand your ground. He's able to shoot people that weren't even at his house. They were running away. I'm concerned. I'm concerned because I don't trust anything about America's judicial system. I don't trust this, you know, that we all have the right, same rights as, as, as one another. I don't trust that the jury, particularly a jury, where there's only one black person on it, in our colorblind society that only two blacks responsible for all the racial tension. Yeah, I don't I don't trust it. Too flimsy. Too uh too biased. And what they're saying now is that they were defending themselves against dangerous Samad Arbery. Oh, what if what if now we're fighting, all of a sudden we're fighting with him, and what if he takes the gun? Well, your dad's got a gun too, bitch. Your dad grabbed his 357. You grabbed your shotgun. You're out your truck. You're in the middle of the street. Trying to stop a man with no weapon. And now you want us to make you a victim. And the kicker was, guys, the kicker to all this, According to a witness, Travis stood over Ahmaud Arbery's body and said, nigger. We're going to see what happens, of course. Of course, we're going to follow this case. That's what we do here. That's what I do. We advocate for black, black rights, reparations, and agenda. Because it's needed in this country. And we cover things from a black perspective. But in this case, this is just a perspective of justice. That's all this is. That's all I'm doing. These men had no reason, no justification to chase down Ahmaud Arbery. 
He had every right to jog. He had every right to go about his business. He didn't do anything to anyone. These men lynched this man. They lynched Ahmad Arbery. Only thing missing was the trick. Sometimes they just shoot you. They don't wait to get you to a trick. Don't you understand? Are we getting this? You don't always have to have a tree to lynch a person. Three against one, and two of them have guns. And this person ends up dead in the street with no weapon, no assault, no assault, nothing. And we got them arguing they are the ones who are the victims, and they were just defending themselves against a scary, scary black man. And they're trying to sell that to the jury. And in a just world, it would be bullshit. In a just world, whatever, man. Obviously, you were the aggressor. I got you on film chasing the guy. But in Georgia, shit. I don't even know what's particularly in Georgia. But I'm going to say it. In the South, come on, man. Come on. It's a toss-up, ain't it? And then take away all the black people on the jury except for one. And the stupid ass citizen's arrest. I make a citizen's arrest for a crime that I think may have happened, but I don't know if anything took place. I'm just a kid doing my job of protecting my neighborhood from the blacks. Anyway, guys, that's it. That's all I got. That's all I got on this story. I will keep you up to date. Remember, if you find value in this content, follow this podcast at timblackpulse.com. In about, I don't know, what is it? Another hour or so, the Tim Black Show will be live. That's when we open up phone lines on Fridays for Freedom Friday. You can call up and be a part of the show. I would appreciate it because I'm doing a lot of talking. I don't need to do all the talking tonight. Call up. Say what you got to say. Speak truth to power. Look, guys, this podcast is a labor of love. It's doing really well. It's really exciting and encouraging, man. See, I have so many of my brothers and sisters coming out and supporting it. It means a lot. I wasn't sure if the world was ready for it. I knew I was ready for it because I'm tired of the bullshit. But... <laughs> I'm t- I, I just felt it was time for something that was truly black. Blackity black. You know? Where the people delivering the content are less worried about what opportunities they might not get if they say something and more worried about just telling the truth, man. And I know it may not seem like a big difference, but it is. In this business, it means everything. All right, Johnson, remember, Real Tim Black on Facebook and Twitter, Tim Black and that on Instagram. I got nothing but love for you. Remember, pause with Tim Black, Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays. I'll see you on the next one. Follow this podcast and write a review, and you'll get a cut-the-check wristband. In fact, we're throwing two of them. We'll send them to you free. No cost of the wristbands. We'll mail them to you. We'll pay the postage. I just want you to have the wristbands. But you got to write a review. Write a review about the podcast. Let people know about it. Share it with a friend. Do something to help the podcast. That's all I'm asking, y'all. 
That's all I want. I want this baby to grow. Because I got a little something to say. All right, guys, that's it. Number love for you. Wolfpack. And oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Cut the check.